Welcome to WeAreTechnology.com's User-Friendly 2.0 with host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect. And this is User-Friendly 2.0. I'm your host, Bill Sickens. Great to have you here with us this week. Boy, we're moving rapidly towards the holidays. A lot of stuff's coming up. It looks like we're going to actually have a couple more in-person events. We're going to have one that we're covering this week. We've got Emerald City coming up in December, Consumer Electronics Show coming up in January. Those are going to be a couple of fun ones to cover. I am really looking back, or not looking back, but looking forward, there we go, to being able to actually attend something in person again. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And with no further ado, let's go to the news. User-Friendly Media Group is proud to support Toys for Tots. Please bring your new, unwrapped gift to the Sherwood Chamber of Commerce, located at 16273 Southwest Railroad Street, Sherwood, Oregon during normal business hours. Toys for Tots is sponsored by the U.S. Marine Corps. All gifts will go to children locally. For more information or a local drop-off location, please visit toysfortots.org. Today's news is brought to you by Benchmark Physical Therapy Sherwood, now open and accepting new patients. Appointments available within 24 hours. Call us at 971-930-4700. So what is in the news? Tesla is letting non-Tesla EVs use its supercharger network for the first time. So this is a pilot program. Tesla charger stations are for Tesla, and that's kind of what they've always been. But they want to open that up. This is a test program that's being done in the Netherlands and Europe. And what they're going to do is allow non-Tesla electric vehicles to use their network. There's a couple of different things that are going along with this, including the fact that they're going to have to download an app, set up an account, some things like that. There's certainly a surcharge and all that for being able to get access. They're looking at actually expanding this out, maybe later in the United States. If they do here, it's a proprietary plug, so that you would also have to get an adapter and some other things like that. But definitely Hmm. the idea of opening it up, I could see making a lot of sense, because it would give a lot more charging stations. And Since a lot of the other ones seem to have this problem where they don't necessarily always work, it'd be nice Mm -hmm. to have one that's stable. Yeah, Yeah, I I didn't know that they didn't let everybody use each other's or, you know, gas up, so to speak, at other people's chargers. I didn't realize that. No, I didn't either. Wow. Not having an electric vehicle, that's something we wouldn't really know. Yeah, but it is a restriction. It would be like if you had to go to a specific gas station for your car and couldn't just go to any gas station. Yeah, Yeah. I I think that's really weird. I had no idea. Okay. (laughs) Scammers are using fake job ads to steal people's identities. Yeah, this is actually not nothing terribly (laughs) new, but it's really becoming a problem. Yeah. And and, yeah, they're sending out a lot of things and it's, uh, you, you know... This kind of a thing, and when you apply for a job, you do have to provide at least some personal information, even just with your resume. Yeah. So the ability to get that there makes you know a lot of sense that that be an area that they're trying to get to. And uh, it'd be very easy to do, especially when you have somebody, because if you're looking for a job and need work, a lot of people are kind of desperate trying to get back to work in that sense. So they might not take as many steps to realize that something's fake and you know look at look at the idea of it from a standpoint of just, oh, I'm going to put all the applications out I can and go from there. So, um, you know, stolen identity information like this can be used on things like government websites to collect unemployment insurance aid that would rightfully go to the person. 
They can get it sent somewhere else. There's other things that uh, this type of information can be used for. And uh, an example of this is a fake job application that uses Spirit Airlines photos, text, font, and color code. The phony site asks applicants to upload a copy of both sides of their driver's license at the outset of the process and sends them an email seeking more information from a web address that resembles Spirit's with an extra I. So, wow. so if if um, so if a job at the very beginning asks for a driver's license, that's too much information. You definitely Don't want to make it. sure you're doing the right thing. That would be a little unusual. Maybe after you get offered the job, yeah. But most of the time, if you're just submitting a resume, that would not be something. I've never been asked for that. So. No. <laughs> Netflix brings its first video games to Android devices. So back in August, they were talking about the fact that they were going to be adding this on. It's something Netflix has talked about doing for a while, actually a couple of years. But with all of the different streaming services that are out now, and a lot of them being successful, it's kind of pushed them into doing this. So they're going to be launching their first five games on Tuesday. Oh. Uh, and it's interesting, the lineup that they're choosing here. Stranger Things 1984. Stranger mm-hmm. Things 3, so two Stranger Things franchise games. Okay. Uh, Shooting Hoops, Card Blast, and Teeter Up. So mm. those are uh, those are going to mm. be available. You get them through the Google Play Store. And um, just like anything else, you can install the apps and that type of a thing. But uh, it is interesting to see this actually launching now and kind of where it's going to ultimately go. I've looked at some of these, and the the Stranger Things games actually look pretty good. The other ones are somewhat basic, in my opinion. Um, One of them, the uh, Hoops game, almost reminds me of something you would have seen on the Atari. (laughs) That's funny. uh, Well, you never know. That might might appeal to people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but it's just, uh, and again, it's a starting point, so we'll see where they end up going with this. I think it's an interesting idea, and with Netflix having a lot of their own material now, they can build on that. Facebook changes name to Meta. Yeah, we talked about this as something that was coming up a few weeks ago, and it is actually a thing now. Meta yeah, is an there's, interesting name. There's been other things called Meta before, haven't there? Yeah. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, uh, metadata, which is where I first heard this term, refers yeah. to data about data. Um, uh-huh. So, you know, the information on your photograph would be metadata. But uh, they're talking about a thing here where Facebook wants to have a number of other products. They already do, with like the Oculus headset, right? Um, other things like Instagram. So you look at it from that standpoint, it kind of does make sense that they'd want to expand their brand. The so thing- they're, this is acting like an, an umbrella corporation? Yeah, that kind of an idea, Okay, you, you know, to, to put everything together. The other thing of it is, is Facebook is losing a lot of its popularity, especially with the millennials. Mm -hmm. And in a recent survey that was done, quite a high percentage, 60-70% had TikTok accounts, even Instagram, and it was something like 27% were getting Facebook accounts. So that's definitely dropping off very quickly. Well, I can kind of see why. Yeah. All of the, yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, (laughs) Facebook's had a lot of problems between all the controversies that have been going on and different things like that. And just, uh, I, and I know from my own standpoint, just using the social media, I like to chat with friends, that type of a thing, but it does seem like it's been very negative and a time hog for a while now. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm like, I haven't been on there in quite a while because I had a, just one of those experiences that where you're just like, 
you know, this is making me feel bad. Um, I don't need that in my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're supposed to do this stuff for fun. Right, not exactly. For, for that. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where they go and if they can change this tide. But in any event, that's what it is. It's now called Meta. They officially changed the sign this last week. All righty. Microsoft releases Edge Browser on Linux or what's the other way you say that? Linux. Linux. Okay. Linux or Linux. Tomato yeah. or tomato, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, this is also something that, that's kind of curious to see where things have changed in recent years. And Microsoft never was a supporter of Linux. And there were all these things where stuff wasn't compatible and that type of a thing. And now all of the big rivalry, the big rivalry (laughs) is right. And now we're seeing it where they're kind of pushing things together. Windows 11 didn't come out with the release. It was supposed to, but it's still up and coming. We'll run Android apps in windows and there's all kinds Hmm. of support for Linux. Now internet Explorer died earlier in the year. So edge is the browser that's replaced that, but instead of being a windows only, it's now available for multiple operating systems. And, you know, we'll see where they go in the future. Yahoo presents sales at Amazon and other places as news. Yeah, so interesting topic. And when you hear that, it's kind of like, what does that even That mean? makes no sense. Yeah. So what it is, is you go to Yahoo News, and uh, there's other uh, companies than just the Amazon where this is the case, but you have your list of articles. And now all of a sudden, one article is, Amazon shoppers have this great deal, and it's very unusual for the day, looking like it's a news story. Okay, that would tick me off. Yeah, and you click on it, and it's it's written like a news story and everything, but it's designed (sighs) to drive sales, Uh, not Mm. news, you know. But um, I don't know. The advertisements, it's a necessary thing. Uh, We all have to have that. That's how you make money off of of media. But you don't want to fake it either, I don't think. Well, Well, news should be news, and advertising should be advertising. Yep, I I (laughs) agree with you more, you know. All right, well, we've got a great show for you this week. Bill Snodgrass is going to be joining us to talk about Snafu. We got a great interview. So we will be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User Friendly 2.0. We're actually getting back to some live events, which is incredible. Joining us now, Bill Snodgrass. Bill, welcome to the show. Hello. So you got to go and actually see something that was in person with real people. Yeah, I mean, I got to see two this year so far, but um, only one of them did we cover. Uh, went to uh, StafuCon, uh, Sierra Nevada Anime Fans United. Now, those that have been listening to our show for a while probably know that I've covered this. Every year, except for the last one, because we didn't have it. But right. um, so yeah, that was uh, quite an experience. Now, a lot of these shows that are coming <laughs> back since the COVID disruption are very different. Would you say that was the case this year with uh, Snafu? Uh, yeah, definitely different uh, in some ways. There are some other things that were go- that go on with Snafu that, uh, frankly, I think uh, didn't change at all. <laughs> oh well, there you are. <laughs> Hmm. Hopefully, a good I will thing. say that another convention I went to uh, previously was probably about a third of what it was, but that one also brings international and you know from all over the country uh, individuals, and it was only about a third of its usual attendee size. So, yeah. would you say Snafu was the same way? I would say it was probably at about closer to half. 
Um, it has always been a bit more of a local one here for Northern Nevada here in Reno. Um, because it was started, you know, at the UNR campus and it progressed into being something larger. However, um, due to registration issues they were having this year, a lot of guests and vendors and even attendees didn't make it through the lines. They just flat left. At one point, um, there were people who were in line to pay cash that were in line for close to an hour and a half, two hours from my understanding. Wow. And wow. That's it had just something a- to do with computer systems hmm. and organization. And uh, they were telling people that they were just understaffed, which I would believe. Um, I showed up there Thursday night. They had four people to run, well, three people at first to run registration. And uh, it even took us a while, and we had pre-made badges and all that waiting for us because we're press. And, you know, um, but I mean, outside of those issues, uh, a little bit of organization of how they were set up rooms and stuff, like they had tabletop near main stage. So it was very hard to engage in some Dungeons and Dragons when 90% of the role play was, huh, what? I can't hear you. Can you repeat that? So they, Mm. they needed microphones. Like, you know, some kind of system where they each had a microphone. Well, that would be different well, with gaming. I, I, I mean, you know, online we kind of have that, but at a table? Yeah. Well, at GSR, which at Grand Sierra Resort, where it was set up, we they had other options of where to put it that would have given a, quite, a very decent sound buffer to that mm-hmm. while still being almost in the same space. It was just kind of a the usual way of it that... Um, how staff who has always had it's always kind of been a little bit of a mess, which is kind of a nice thing in some ways, but in others, it you know the, some of those issues really became very apparent this year. Um, my understanding is a lot of the volunteer and like higher up staff left due to mm-hmm. issues. I don't know the details of that. You know, a lot of businesses have gone away from COVID, and do you think Snafu is going to survive this or? Or is it going to break off and have a new group? Or, or what do you think is going to happen next year? I don't personally know. Um, I would say that, you know, if this had been any other convention that I've been to, it would probably have been the death of it. Mm-hmm. Um, just financially. Um, right. Knowing like some of these that, you know, they pull in, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe even a million dollars every year. Um, to these convention things, which don't get me wrong, you know, it sounds like a lot of money, but would we really put into like what they're doing with the money? It, it's not. You yeah. Know, nobody's yeah, really no. walking away with much more than operation costs. Yeah. The, the insurance costs alone, you know, and, and renting of facilities probably really wipes them out. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it, it is a lot of that different stuff for different conventions. Um, the other one I went to is at GSR, too. And it's almost a night and day difference. Um, I mean, I would say, you know, if you're into anime to go, if you get a chance next year, you know, I, I don't want to see it have a, a failure like it has. But it definitely put a damper on the mood, I feel like, this year. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But yeah, they had a lot of really good guests and stuff there, too. Well, that's good. I mean, I, I kind of, I, I know what area you're talking about, and there isn't a lot for young people in the casino-oriented cities like Reno. And I would think something like Snafu would be important, an important opportunity for young people 
to have a good time. And I was under the understanding that Snafu was geared to teenagers, right? It is a family-friendly event for the Mm -hmm. most part. Um, It is a dry event. They make that very clear. You know, there is no alcohol allowed in this event at all, which is very good. There is stuff for, you know, very young children to uh, engage in. And there is stuff for teenagers, adults. Um, When you start getting up around 7 o'clock at night, then they start having 16 plus or 18 plus panels um, of different things that are anime or or fandom related. Um, Just just as a thing. I mean, we live in Reno and I'm not going to lie about other conventions or anybody else. You know, when you come to Reno or Vegas, you know, you're expecting that kind of stuff of a all ages thing. I don't know how it is in other states. I've been to conventions in uh, Utah, for instance, and there was no, I mean, like the highest thing was a Cards Against Humanity tournament. And that was like the the most adult, quote unquote, thing, you know, there. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and it wasn't just because it was in Utah, I think. I think it was just the way that the people are, that you know, and, and Nevada does tend to have more of that openness and that range. Yeah, I was just concerned that, you know, an event that's um, that's kid friendly could go away because it just seems like uh, Reno didn't often have uh, too many kid-friendly events. Well, no, and it's good to keep something that's good and safe around, too. You know, just is. Well, listen, thank you. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We're going to take a quick break here from Snafu before we go back and talk a little bit more about what was going on over there. To talk about the upcoming holiday season, we've been hearing a lot in the news about chip shortages and product shortages and that type of a thing. And it looks like it is definitely something that's ramping up. So we've already talked about this as far back as August to do your shopping early. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, and it seems like they're doing some of these sales early. Yeah. Uh, There was something I saw Walmart advertising, which implied... Black Friday pricing now. Yeah, like, like, yeah, like Black Friday wasn't going to be one day. It's going to be like a week or something. I'm pretty sure it's going to be the month up leading up to Black Friday, the actual Black Friday. Yeah. Yeah. You're seeing this across the board. Best Buy is doing the same thing. Amazon, a lot of the big boxes. And it's interesting to see kind of where this is headed. I know one product I was looking at were Samsung tablets. Mm -hmm. And uh, I looked at them, I think it was this morning, actually. (laughs) And, um, you know, everything was out there, and they are now 100% sold out in one day. It's like everything went from being available to to not. We've talked about the video game consoles. Yeah. Yeah. And they're still very hard to come by. Wow. uh, Unless you want to pay a scalper for one. No. Okay, so you'll just have to, since you were looking for us, you'll just have to tell us when you see those available yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's weird because we're seeing a lot of things where places will be out of stock on some of the most unexpected things. Best Buy was completely out of stock on all their rechargeable vacuums, cordless vacuums wow. for a while. Uh, it looks like uh-huh. that's being fixed a little bit, but it's just <laughs> odd things. And because of what's going on is you'll miss a component that's used in a variety of different devices. So all of a sudden you have things that wouldn't normally seem to be connected Yeah, that uh, that are having problems. I know I've been looking for, and we've talked about this in the past, building a uh, 
new home theater system out, and I'm working on that. And the receivers have been very hard to come by. Oh, at, that's at one, crazy. At one point, Best Buy only had a choice of three different models for Dolby Atmos, which is very, very rare. So, um, you know, it, it's just something. Think about what you want to get for the holidays. And I would say definitely start shopping for it now. And if they're out of stock, that doesn't mean, you know, give up. But just keep looking for it. Keep checking back. Check different places. And uh, well, some stuff will be easier to come by than others. Now, have you heard of, um, are, there st- are they still having shortages on things like washers and dryers and kind of household appliance? Or, or has that returned? No, household appliances are another thing that seems to be back ordered. You can get them. Uh-huh. But it's a situation where if you want a matching set or that type of a thing, one appliance might be out of stock for a while. Right. And that's actually a good thing. I, I did my appliances this year. I had to. And it took about three months to get them because the refrigerator wasn't available. Everything else was. Weird. So, you know, we've run into that type of a thing. You're starting to also see it in the smartphones hmm. uh, where they're having some difficulties. And, of course, if you're lucky enough to have someone get you a car for the holidays, <laughs> that's another area where they've had a lot of problems and they are continuing to really have problems across the board. It's weird because you'll drive by a car dealership and it's like half the lot's empty. Wow. And that's not something hmm. I'd ever really seen before, but it's because they can't get inventory and the cars are built minus the microchips. So when they come in, they put them in so they're parked somewhere and then shipped out. But you're definitely seeing that. They're actually saying it's to the point, which is not something that would bode well with me, is you can't choose a specific color or model, kind of just get what's there. And negotiation on the cost of a car is a thing of the past. People are paying first price or even more. Oh, geez. Just to make sure they get them. The price of used cars has been pus- pushed up in some markets a staggering 60% because you can't get the news ca- new cars, so now everybody's mm-hmm. buying used. Wow. Yeah. So it is definitely a uh, thing. So have you thought about what you're going to buy for the holidays? Is there anything you're looking for? We talked about the tablets. No, actually, I was um, – no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This- There's not, the, what I want for um, – what I want Santa to bring me is something a little bit too large and difficult. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to fit down the chimney. I know what you're talking about. You want to get it, have him bring the chimney. Uh, yeah. So- <laughs> yeah. No, but, you know, across the board. And the other thing is with supply shortages, too. I mean, things like paint and chemicals, mm-hmm. we're seeing it in that area, too. I've been doing some fix-up on my house, and getting the paint was a little bit interesting to come by. The other thing that was really odd is I couldn't get the fittings for the pipes for the kitchen. Really? And uh, yeah, I ended up having to order them on Amazon, uh, and, and even that was backordered a little bit. Hmm. So. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, shortages are becoming a big thing right now. I mean, you know, we used to have everything, and now it's, you know, sitting off the off the coast waiting to be unloaded. Yeah, and it's a, the other thing that they're worried about, too, is uh, food and mm-hmm. starting to see some disruption in that supply chain, too. So it's just something we need to need to keep a look at. All right, we'll be back after the break with some more information on Snafu. Welcome back. This is User Friendly 2.0. Joining us now, Bill Snodgrass. All right. Hey, thanks, Bill. Um, I'm here with Tucker from Card Lords. How's it going? Welcome back. I mean, you've been on the show before, and it's great to have you back. Um, 
you've had some of your great ones like Take the Gold, Pirate's Flag, a uh, number of games. Um, in fact, I just demoed, uh, which one was it, the Alchemist one? Anim Alchemist, yep. It was an amazing, adorable thing. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe what you got coming up for us. Yeah, absolutely. So, yep, as you said, my name is Tucker. Uh, I do design and publication for Card Lords. That's my company where we are aiming for family-friendly, just board games, card games, lots of fun where anybody can sit down and play a game, just like uh, you got a chance to do earlier today. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Anim Alchemist was our release last year, but since there was no conventions, didn't get a chance to show that one off. Uh, we've also got Lucky Luau was another new release this year. Uh, a couple of different styles of games. Anim Alchemist, the one you did get a chance to play, is a potion crafting and spell casting game where you take the role of one of the animal alchemists. And then this year's release was Lucky Luau. Uh, Lucky Luau is a flower matching and lay making game taking place in Hawaii. Yeah, that was an interesting looking mechanic because you had to kind of guess where the middle was for a certain bonus and things like that, and it wasn't always guaranteed. Yep, so we took a simple mechanic where you're stringing a lay, but since you're stringing a lay from left to right, you always have to kind of plan ahead, but there's only one turn, only one action per turn, so you're doing very simple actions, only making one decision, but you have to string left to right, so you kind of have to anticipate what's coming up and where it's going to be and also what other people are using at the same time. So good interactions, but again, simple mechanic. Kids can play it. Uh, that one, we used primary colors with some uh, the rare flowers, like the orange flower is made up by using the yellow and the red flower. So kids are doing some color wheel matching at the same time. Awesome. It's always, I mean, that's always something I always notice. Your games are always very uh, family friendly, very easy to learn. I know uh, Take the Golden Pirates, like I learned on two hours of sleep. <laughs> you know, it says a lot. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was sampling another game that they had here. It's a much more complicated trading card game. And it was over my head within the first five, but yours have always just been even, I guess, your most complicated battle goats and the uh, the new one you have, the sliding tile one. Uh, Folded Wishes. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that one, because that one is an interesting one. Too. Yeah, so Folded Wishes is our newest uh, origami tile sliding game. So it's an abstract game where you are sliding tiles into a grid. Well, the point of the game, or the goal of the game, is to be uh, connect four of your meeple, or they're called origami meeples, because they're origami meeples, in a row. Uh, with them, what you're trying to do is, when you slide a new tile into the grid, it'll move another tile out of the grid, and that's your tile that you can play for the next turn. So think of it as a 4x4 four four grid of tiles. When you put a new tile on the outside, you'll add one of your meeple to it. When you slide it in, there's different fold actions that each one can take. Sometimes you'll move other meeples, sometimes you'll move your own. Uh, there's even some that lets you swap tiles with one another. But the goal is to get four of yours in a row and become an origami master. Now can you tell us about the game you got coming up next year? So we've actually got a couple in the works. We'll be doing some demos at SnafuCon. It'll be the first time we're showing off uh, our next small box card game. That one's called Oh God Bees. <laughs> the game itself is a very fast-paced, it's a small box card game just like our other ones, so Battle Goats, Take the Gold, Anim Alchemist, Fallen Treasures, and Lucky Luau, so it'll be our sixth small box game in that set. Uh, but the game is, is a very simple play. You're going to be... Uh, I'll give you the quick rundown of it. So the way it works is, as humans, we decided that, you know, we saw our bee population was dwindling, and because of that, you know, we thought we could stop using pesticides and herbicides and go green. But why do that when we could instead genetically modify the bees? Well, we went a little too far when we genetically modified them, making them a little bit too hardy, a little bit too, uh, they're now bigger, faster, stronger, and they've started growing. Well, one of the queens escaped from the lab and has started infecting other people and other animals and other things, and now we've got giant mutant bees coming all over. 
So the goal of the players is to try and stop the giant mutant bees, but at the same time, if somebody does get stung, they start uh, becoming infected, and then that'll turn them into a giant mutant bee. So it's a cooperative game until it's not. Oh, okay. So yeah, a little bit like uh, Betrayal on Hannah Hill. Something like that. Or, you gotta, yeah, you play through it, and all of a sudden, oh, someone, you're it. Yep, you, you have now become a giant mutant bee, and now when the bee come show up in the buildings, the players have the option to become the bee and roll dice for them and use their character actions as the bee power. And so it's it's got a little bit of, are you going to be one of the heroes, one of the people that saves the world, or are you going to become part of the bees that are now taking over? Awesome, awesome. So, I mean... Uh, I mean, I don't think we spoke about it too much, but how did you get into making these games? I mean, I, I, I mean, I guess maybe overnight. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I was uh, interested Yeah, so years and years ago, I was a huge uh, TCG player. I used to travel all over the world playing in card tournaments uh, for Magic and Pro Tour, and then in WoW, the World of Warcraft trading card game. Um, after kind of those games... They started dying out a little bit. I wasn't doing as much traveling. I started deciding I wanted to play more games with friends and family who weren't as into the games as I was. So that's actually how Battle of Oats was born. I wanted to make a game that was something they could get into, but something I would also enjoy as a much more experienced gamer. Um, used a lot of mechanics that were similar to those things that I'd run into with trading card games, with the more complex games, but simplified it and made it to where it was much more accessible. And like you said, it looks complex right off the bat, but once you play it a little bit you can get into it oh yeah no it was um because i just bought it because it was yours and you know <laughs> I, I would take the gold and it was like oh here's the other game and we're like okay yeah we'll just get it and i took it home and uh read through the rules and i'm like okay it's a little complicated and i say laid it out and did a run through on my own and i like five minutes later i'm like oh okay this is super easy actually and that's we love that it's one of our design kind of a, a design mantra is make it easy make it simple and what we look for is the ability for people to play but get into the game within a few minutes. It's no fun when you have to read a rule book for hours just to learn how to play a game for half an hour. Yeah, no, uh, that actually happened to me with one of the more popular ones, um, the Pathfinder card game. And they had a whole book that you ran through and it was like you could do this solo and then it's, it broke out and there was a set of cards and they're like, yeah, don't worry about this deck. And they never mentioned it again in the whole thing and it's like you're expected to know what to do with it when you get back to the actual game and I'm like, what do I do with these 20 cards that are just told not to ha do anything with? <laughs> yeah, that's we kind of, I mean, we're gamers ourselves. I have several hundred games in my game library. We play new games every week. Um, I'm one of the ones who has a ton of Kickstarter games coming, so over the next few years, I'll still have games coming in. Oh, yeah, no, that's same here. I love gaming. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, um... So, yeah, thank you for being on again, Tucker. Well, I'm looking forward to what you got coming out next year. Um, yeah, like I said, I mentioned... Do you have any social media or something you want to prop or where we can look at? For today? sure. So, uh, at Cardlords on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Those are the main three we focus on. Um, we also, like I said, uh, with Oh God Bees, that'll be coming out next year. The other big one to be looking for, what we we'll be demoing at Gen Con, at PAX... Uh, Origins throughout the, all of next year is going to be called Diamonds and Dinosaurs. It's going to be a map exploration game where you're going through a jungle and having to fight, well, evade the dinosaurs, trying to hide while you're collecting diamonds. So oh, that will be wow. coming out, and we'll have another one called Townlandia coming out next year, uh, probably the year after next. So, all right. Well, we'll so. put, uh, definitely have your links on our social media. Uh, Cardlords.com to check up everything oh, yeah. as well, too. Yep. Great. Yeah, um, we'll put it out on our social media. Um, that's uh, one user friendly on Facebook and Twitter. For those of you who haven't heard it from Bill all the time. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks, Tucker. It's been great talking to you. Uh, again, look forward to what you got coming out next time. Always a pleasure. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on again.
We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is user-friendly 2.0. Boy, you know, I understand that there were some problems with registration and stuff, but I, I'm still looking forward to going to a live event. And I, yeah. our, our next one we've got scheduled is the Emerald City Comic Con in December. And yeah, I think uh, mm-hmm. that one's going to be... I really go. missed not being... I, I really wanted to go last time, and it was so disappointing not being able to. I know. It's been disappointing not being able to go anywhere for a year. Well, Emerald City is actually one of the one of the better ones. Now, I'm sure they're going to have the same thing that Bill was talking about, where there's going to be it's going to be probably smaller, smaller, yeah, all that kind of stuff. And but it was still an amazing. I mean, it was a massive thing. So if you cut that down by a third, it's still going to be a really neat show. Yeah, cut it down by a third, it's still going to be two floors of that big convention center. So I mean, you know, Mm. yeah, uh, so definitely something that is uh, is workable and. And then we've been uh, we had packed all of our stuff away because we've been doing some remodeling and some other things and and we had a hard time finding our um, costume pieces. Mm-hmm. So we were ripping open boxes and <laughs> yeah. did I put it over things. there or did I put it over here? Did we even pack it? And then and then uh, Jeremy was going to order a costume piece and he gets onto Amazon and says, "Hey, you already ordered this a year ago." And we're both look at each other like, "I don't remember I, that." No. I did. Where, where did I put it? Yeah. And it was it was in the box with all the other stuff. It was it was in there. We just hadn't seen it lately. Yeah. You know, it just it makes sense. I've done that a few times myself going, I don't remember that at all. But uh, so have you been able to find all of your costume pieces? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Everything just got packed and uh, put in the back of the closet. So I'll need to give it a once over. But I pretty much have everything together. And, you know, so that'll be kind of cool. And the other thing of it is, is we're going to be staying in a hotel that's attached to the convention center. Mm-hmm. That'll um, make it nice. Yeah. Be, well, rain in Seattle in December. I, I mean, that's just what the weather's like. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I was, I was thinking about you know getting a yellow rain suit. You know, that'd be my costume for the yeah, event. Yeah, that is, that wouldn't be any fun. Oh, hey, Bill, mm-hmm. we got you a um a a fake tattoo. For your Slytherin costume. Oh, cool! That works. That works. <laughs> I, 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 so now you're you you can pretend to be a Death Eater. <laughs> yeah, there, there you are. And now now that everybody knows, we're going to be doing some Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> but they're easy to fly with as long as uh, TSA doesn't have a problem with our wands. Yep. Yeah. I, I think we're okay on that end, but it's good to always check. Then the other show we're doing in January is the Consumer Electronics Show. What are you going as for that? Uh, microchip. Okay, good. That, that I was going to go as Bill Gates. Yeah, oh. that works. <laughs> I wonder how they'd react if we cosplayed at their show because that's not normal. <laughs> no, that, that's definitely not normal. That's um, like a business that's thing. Good. If we're going to do that, maybe I'll go as the inflatable iPad or something. Oh, yeah, there you go. That'd Elon be, Musk. Yeah, there you we go. Could all, we could all do different versions of Elon Musk. Yeah, there so, We might have to talk about doing something unusual. And we'll yeah. let you know how that works out. But until next week, this is User Friendly 2.0, keeping you safe on the cutting edge. User-Friendly 2.0, copyright 2014 to 2021, User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the host and not necessarily User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. or this station. Music licensing by BMI. Hosting provided by wearetechnology.com. Podcast available at userfriendlynation.com, theanswerportland.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.